and welcome. Welcome back to whatever episode this is of My Comical Romance, the Whenever We Feel Like It podcast about romance comics. It's called My Comical Romance, and for our hundreds of thousands of new listeners, <laughs> we read romance comics and make fun of them. With a intense sociological educational lens. This is important stuff to to learn and examine. It, it's not just, haha, silly writing. It's, what were these people thinking? What was the context? Yes. By the way, what are romance comics, for those who don't know? For those who decided to just start with the most recent episode? Yeah. Yes. Uh, basically, it's comic books that were published most prominently from the 1940s through the 1970s. Quite possibly the most major comic book genre of the time made a ton of money, had hundreds of titles, no one remembers them anymore, and each comic would have standalone stories, usually, that would tell us about a romantic conflict that leads to true love most of the time. So, sort of like soap operas in comic book form... Uh, romance novels in comic book form. I mean, it's the romance genre, but a soap opera does imply an ongoing, intricate plot. Yeah. Um, this is often what is a single issue that can be resolved within 12 pages. Usually it's the woman's fault. It's kind of unique, actually, because other kinds of stories, they don't have such an easy kind of beginning, middle, and end in 12 pages. It's hard to imagine other categories of stories that could do that so consistently but here it's like oh my life sucks i'm dying i hate it oh i met this guy yay i'm in love oh but there's conflict yay we figured it out and now we're going to get married yes that is if you had to reduce it to a formula that is most romance comics okay interestingly um i i should have brought this to show you personally but i have a general interest in the romance genre in general just um how we portray romantic love, how we tell stories about it, uh, what what it means to us socially. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, you know, romance stories are fun. But recently I was at the supermarket and I got a little Digest magazine. Uh, the, the, the small ones that are usually like catch up on what's going on in your soap operas sort of thing. Yeah. This one, I believe it was put out by Reader's Digest, was 40 love stories. Holiday-themed. Wow. You mean short stories, obviously. Yes. It, the whole magazine was less than 100 pages. It wasn't It wasn't Cliff Notes versions of longer stories. No. <laughs> wow. Because that's what Reader's Digest is. You, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, we're going to skip the boring parts and just give you the, the highlights. Yeah. The This, apparently they invited uh, open submissions and said, okay, here are a handful of holidays we would like themed romances around, you have roughly 500 words, go. Well, and, and the other thing that, that is absolutely the same category is at Christmas time every year, especially on the Hallmark Channel, <laughs> they are non-stop, 24-7, Christmas-themed romance movies. And we know a couple who have actually written, co-written and you know, executive produced uh, five or six of these over mm -hmm. the last umpteen years. Famous even actors and actresses in them. <laughs> uh, and, and these things are the same thing. They're, they're romance comics in the form of a, a TV movie uh, at Christmas time. Although I would argue that the, the Christmas ones are usually lower stakes. Like, the romance comics are often trying to simultaneously teach a life lesson, often gender-oriented. Like, got to learn not to string men along, or had to appreciate the guy next door, or learn to be happy with domesticity. Well, also, there were so many of them. So, what, thousands, when you add up the numbers of actual stories. Mm -hmm. And to come up with a new plot once a month, or even more often, is not easy. Especially such a, a short plot. So, I, I think, you know, yeah, they had a message they were trying to get through it wasn't like it was some sort of deliberate social manipulation it was just no no it's not a psa yeah it was just reflecting the attitudes or, or what people thought would would sell or mm -hmm. whatever yeah um but 
but uh, it's such a unique category. I, I mean, I guess you could do it with some other category like, I don't know, uh, war. You know, there, there used to be, maybe still are, war comics. Yeah, and horror comics. And, uh, yeah, horror is a good one. Yeah, yeah basically in, in 12 pages. The war ones was always, you know, somebody saving somebody's life or somebody, you know, at the last minute defeating somebody else or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, horror, uh, horror is a little different because a lot of those ended not too happily. <laughs> no, no, but the idea was always like, there was a seemingly normal person, maybe they're good, maybe they're already a scoundrel at the beginning. Uh, they wind up in an unexpected situation that seems normal and get quickly gets progressively weirder. Oh, there's a skeleton, and now they die horribly, or are mad, or something. Yeah, or or just they, they look down the dark hallway and the, with their eyes get wide and they start screaming, and that's, <laughs> that's the end of the story. Yeah, but similar to romance comics, the horror comics also were frequently standalone stories, not any sort of continuum, not any sort of larger plot going on. Yeah, yeah. There were uh, the the House of Mystery and the House oh, of Secrets. loved it, loved it. Used to read some of those, yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't used to read romance, unless, unless Archie qualifies as romance. I would say it's adjacent. That's the, like, teen slice of life genre, which yeah. there are many other versions of. Archie's just the one that stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. But the, this magazine was very interesting for me because it was clear that I, I bet every writer who turned in a story there had a hard time compressing the love story into the two tiny pages that each story took two place. Two pages told, per story? Yeah. My God. I told you, about 500 words. It's It's short. <laughs> I mean, you that could, is less than a page of writing single space. I was going to say we could read a half a dozen of those in, in one podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've read a handful of, in my life of, of super, super short stories. You know, mm-hmm. it is a genre unto itself, yeah. it's a style, and it's hard. It's really hard to actually tell any kind of story. Yeah, and in this one, uh, every single story had almost every story had to establish. Okay, here's a woman. She's single. Meets guy in unlikely circumstance. Instant chemistry. Established mutual interest. Ends with a knowing smile. Not conflict? There's got to be conflict. There's no time for conflict. <laughs> we just meet and it's over. We're done. Yeah, sometimes there's like an impetus to the plot. Like, oh, I, I'm i new in town and I was thinking about my grandma and feeling kind of lonely. And then I saw this antique shop that had a, an antique that looked like something my grandma once had. So I went in and had instant chemistry with the owner of the antique shop. Who was 96 years old. No, no, no. Just one of those <laughs> notoriously young, attractive antique shop owners. Oh. By the way, small uh, amusing point about this magazine is at the beginning it had um, a mini articlelet about talking, asking a couple questions to a few famous romance authors and uh, one of the questions that they each got asked was, what's uh, one of your favorite romances uh, or romance novels? And I was reading through this to see if I knew any of those books. And one author, she said that her favorite romance was Little Women, hmm. which I don't think you've read Little Women. No, I have not. Um, not really a romance. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very much kind of a slice of life thing. It's about four sisters growing up, learning life lessons having a whole bunch of, like, mini escapades. Mm-hmm. And, yes, there are romantic elements. Um, some of them do get married by the end of the book, and it t- talks through who they meet and fall in love with and decide to marry and why. But that's not the point of the story. Mm. And then I was that's feeling... That's Louisa May Alcott? Yes. Arrived. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I got past that one and was feeling like, hmm, that's an odd choice, but okay. And then the next author said her favorite romance was Dune. Dune? Mm-hmm. I've actually read, well, <laughs> well, the first four of those, anyway. Oh, yeah? There's no romance involved. I mean... Somewhere, maybe, in the plot, but... Yeah, there are romantic elements. Again, like, there are characters that are in love with or fall in love with someone. Yeah, but... that's like every novel ever written. But to say, okay, uh, Dune, yes... That is my favorite love story. It's like, wow. Did, did you only read one very specific page of Dune? Maybe she loves giant sandworms. <laughs> Giving her the benefit of the doubt, I'm wondering if maybe 
she was asked a slightly different question than was presented in the magazine. Because <laughs> if it's just... Or they just thought it was a funny answer. Maybe. But I, I could see it being like, that is my favorite uh, romance in fiction. Mm-hmm. That this one character and what she does for love. Fine. But anyway. Um, but anyway, uh, that that serves as our introduction for everyone who's been wondering what, what <laughs> romance comics are. Yes. Uh, but we're now we're, what we do next is read yes. a comic. Well, Alexandra reads. By the way, this is Alexandra. Hi. Uh, I'm Dad, David. Um, but you knew that. Uh, so what are we going to read today? Today we are reading from Love Experiences number 22, which came out in December 1953. Ooh. So that was before the Jimi Hendrix experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like the cover of this. It's an actual photograph. Yeah, that was a very common trend, I think, particularly in the 40s and 50s for romance comics. Uh-huh. Um, when I was first getting into them, I was surprised that they were still comics. I, I thought maybe it was a magazine or mm. that it would be a pictorial story, just, just told entirely through photographs. And, mm-hmm. But no, it's... And that's doable. I don't know why they didn't do that. Yeah. More of a pain, I guess. Yeah. You had to get these people to stand in these Have awk- to pay models. poses. Yeah. There's also a amusing ad on the inside cover for a product called the Comfo Guard, <laughs> which uh, horrified me a little bit because it's a... I, I think it might even be made of rubber, uh, but it's basically a kind of underwear that women could wear that has little slots that you can put a menstrual pad in. I guess this was before adhesive technology. (laughs) But it advertises itself as the amazing new menstrual shield that gives sure safe protection differently. I'm just amazed that there was an ad that even acknowledged the reality of menstruation. Yeah. With such, with with a word. (laughs) And not like, you know, your special moment or something like that. Feeling not fresh. (laughs) Right. Uh, And it specifically says that it does not need any pins or hooks. (laughs) Unless you want them. (laughs) Or option. It's just, uh... Um, Okay, yes, I'm sure menstrual technology has evolved in many ways over the years. I, it never occurred to me that it once involved pins, and that is horrifying. <laughs> this is 50 years ago, 49 years ago. I said 1953. I'm sorry, 60 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. It's 2022. It's more than it's 70 years ago. <laughs> wow. My life just flashed before my eyes. <laughs> 20 years in a, in a moment's notice. Oh, God. I mean, if it helps, that happens to me all the time, too. Yeah. I just, wow. So, yeah, 70 years ago. I, whoa. I would think that hey, technology hey, has Hey, Dad, changed. have you recently thought about my brother and how he was born after 2000 and is now able to drink? Uh, he's about to have his first drink. He just turned 21. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. But also, 1953 is a lot earlier than most of the comics we've been reading. We've been reading 60s and even 70s. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of taking it back a few notches. This is pre-rock and roll, to keep it in the context. Before the the song that we use as our intro. Long before. And it is pre-Comic Code Authority. Ooh, that means it's going to be spicy. Which also uh, might contribute to why the Comfo Guard was so blatantly advertised. But yeah, this is one of my preferred eras for reading romance comics. I, I mean, there's something I like about all the eras, but... I especially like the pre-code and the 1970s stuff when they were trying different things. Mm-hmm. Pre-code, they felt more licensed to tell uh, in-depth, sometimes darker stories. In the 70s, sales were lagging and they said, okay, fine, we'll talk about real social issues. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get all of the uh, no man is my master, let's talk about that weird women's lib thing Mm -hmm. type stories. Go back and listen to our episode Daughter of Women's Lib. (laughs) A a classic. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the story is called... Scandal Bride. (laughs) Scandal Bride. Way to go. And uh, in the opening splash panel we have a woman in a bridal gown 
that is looking out a window, looking rather nervous as her mother uh, adjusts her veil, has a hand on her shoulder. Mother, what can be keeping Howard? He knows the wedding was scheduled for four o'clock, and it's almost that now. You mustn't get upset, dear. No one will care if the ceremony is late. It's the social event of the season. <laughs> no one will care if the husband doesn't show up. <laughs> It'll still be a very big success. I mean, I, I understand that in most weddings the groom is a prop. Yes, he's <laughs> optional. <laughs> I was Sally Merrill, the girl who had everything. My father was the richest man in town. Ooh. I had a background of expensive schools and travel. It wasn't surprising that I should be marrying Howard Bradley, the handsomest, most sought-after young bachelor in the community. Wow. I want to be sought-after. <laughs> uh, so, we're getting back to the story, the mother says, Of course Howard realizes how lucky he is marrying a girl like you, and I'm sure whatever is delaying him couldn't be helped. Yeah, he's dead. I mean, going by some of our previous stories, that's about a 50-50 chance. I'm the lucky one, Mother. I never dreamed I'd see I'd meet anyone as handsome and thrilling as Howdy. Howdy? <laughs> <laughs> and now we know where Howdy Doody came from. Oh, jeez. That never occurred to me before. <laughs> that his name was Howard. Yeah. Which isn't a lot better, to be frank. <laughs> Apologies to my college roommate, whose name was Howard. <laughs> you should get back in touch just to call him Howdy. Yeah, we were on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of a car sent me flying to the window. It was Don Niven, who was to be Howard's best man. Uh, by the way, there is a palatial estate that this family is in. I get the impression that it's kind of set in the American South, maybe? Well, they say he, her father was the richest man in town. This so is a, a how house big with a town wings. is it? Yeah, that's a big mansion, all right. Yeah, maybe in Florida. Is this, by the way? I, I noticed the 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 lettering looks typed. No, that's actual. Somebody wrote that lettering. Yeah, lettering is a job. Jeez, it's so perfect. Yeah, um, I mean, as a cursed lefty who never particularly cared about penmanship, I am not capable of doing that. <laughs> Now I know something is wrong. I can see Don's expression even from here, and Howard isn't with him. So she's looking out a window, seeing the guy drive up in a car, and, and granted, it's uh, the, the top is down, So, but she's seeing his expression so clearly mm -hmm. that something is wrong. This must be a very exaggerated, like, Muppet-like frown. Well, maybe it's the blood that's sort of caked all over his face. Yeah, <laughs> well... Quite possible, sure. Uh, when my father and Don came up. I don't know how to break the news to you, Celie. Wait, I... wait, I have to guess. I have to guess. Uh, he's not dead. I mean, that wouldn't... Scandal bride. So so it's a scandal. <laughs> uh, I mean, the most obvious thing is he was found with another woman. Uh, or at his bachelor party, he went over the top. Uh, or he just got drunk and passed out in the street. But... I'm going to say it's none of those. It's something really stupid. <laughs> so let's, let's find out. And I guess there isn't any easy way, but Howard won't be here. You mean he won't be here at all? But that's incredible. That was the mother? Yes, yes. So it's my distinctive... <laughs> good, good mother accent. Well, these, uh, these people fall into old-timey movie voice stereotypes very easily. <laughs> There are 400 wedding guests waiting out there in the garden. Why, there has to be a wedding. Wait, this is the Philadelphia story. It's the end of the Philadelphia story. We've just <laughs> skipped the entire Philadelphia story. All right, right. And how does uh, that end go? Her ex-husband decides to marry her again because the, the other guy, the idiot that she was going to marry, finally realized that he was an idiot. <laughs> and so Cary Grant decides, okay, I'll remarry you again in front of all these people. And, and they're all happy. And have they, in the meantime, decided, oh, I guess we do still love each other? And It's been building throughout. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, yes, there must be a wedding. Mother, please be quiet. I I can't think. This this is just a joke, isn't it, Don? <laughs> yeah, we, you got us. We, <laughs> oh, you should have seen your face. Oh, <laughs> we pulled it off. Of course he's coming to marry you. <laughs> you idiot. 
I wish I could tell you that it, that is a joke, Silly. But it isn't. Howard just phoned me. He didn't have the nerve to tell you himself. Tell me what, Don? If Howard is sick or had an accident, I should be with him. He could have called me. It, it doesn't matter about the wedding. Silly, Howdy's married. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, did he get married last night? It's a girl named Flip LaFloy. No, no, it's not. Flip LaFloy. They're headed toward Canada and were married in a little town on the way. Like, just now? Pre-code. Wow. <laughs> so, um, I'm guessing Flip LaFloy has something that What's-Her-Name here doesn't have. Uh, I'm not going to speculate what that might be. What's What's this woman's name, by the way? Uh, the main character? Yeah. Selly. Selly? Like, how do you spell that? C-E-L-I-E. Selly. Okay. Or Seely. Seely, maybe. Selly seems more likely to me. Don't know. Howard married to another girl? Oh, no! The young scoundrel! I agree with that. A girl named Flip LaFloy? <laughs> Flip. <laughs> Tell me everything. Don, I I might as well get it all over with at once. Who is she? Flip dances at a roadhouse near here. Not not even surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back for a minute. We've we've encountered roadhouses before in these <laughs> stories. It's true. There was the perfectly nice girl who never should have been in one. Yes, I I just I love the concept of the roadhouse. Wasn't that from the comic that was the first romance comic? It. May well have been because it's that time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think road houses were still a thing by the seventies, um, but yeah, it, it they appear to be these like a bar essentially, a club bar thing, nightclub mm-hmm. uh, along the side of the road. You know, not in a downtown type area, but uh, somewhere out in the boondocks that mm-hmm. maybe they sell gas too. I don't know, but <laughs> but it's a place that you go. Uh, to be out of the way. I suppose that that's the point. The husbands can go sneak out there and mm-hmm. so forth. And then they have d- dancers and strippers and alcohol and you name it. Although the the figure of the desirable dancing girl in a club does stick with romance comics for decades to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, it evolves into the go-go <clears throat> dancer. Sure, and that's similar, but the roadhouse just gives this impression of... Sleaziness? Yeah, virtually a... a House of prostitution, mm. more or less. Um, it isn't the sort of place you'd like you'd go to, Sally. He's, he's, <coughs> she's pretty in a cheap sort of way. <laughs> I, I want to hear him explain the difference. <laughs> I listened to Don in unbelieving horror. It seemed that Howard had been having sur- surreptitious dates with Flip for a long time. The night before, Don and some of the other boys had given Howard a bachelor party at the roadhouse. Hey, I got it right. Well, except you specifically yeah. said that didn't It happen. wasn't going to be it. Well. <laughs> Flip had been in the show they saw. All of us had heard the gossip about Howard and Flip, but we didn't think it meant anything. But last night, Howard had too much to drink, and finally he and Flip disappeared. So it sounds like he had too much to drink, decided to marry this woman... And also was driving, and that's the I'm part I'm say, most bothered by. Yeah, that's the the big scandal, actually, the drunk driving part. <laughs> um, but but did he kind of drink so much that he forgot he was getting married the next day? I, I, I'm guessing it's different. I'm guessing he realized, oh my God, I'm about to marry that stuck-up, obnoxious person in that horrible family. <laughs> I'd rather marry Flip here than her. <laughs> That was the last I saw of him until his telephone call. I know how awful it is for you, Selly. If there's anything I can do... There yeah, is marry Don- me! <laughs> there is, Don. You can go through that wedding ceremony with me. Oh! Am I getting it right again? Yeah! No way! Uh-huh. Uh, and take me away to Bermuda afterward. Jeez, she's got easy taste. Listen, it's the social event of the season and the groom is just a prop... Easy solution. Well, but wait a minute. She said that, that Howard was the most handsome, eligible, sought after. Yep, See, yep. Flip sought, sought after him. Yep, yep. Uh, so is his friend as handsome? 
I mean, come on, that's important. Well, he's the best man, so clearly he has to be handsome enough for the photos, at least. Okay, so he's probably a nine and, and Howard's a ten. Yeah, although, um, <clears throat> while there's fantastic art in these, they don't generally put a lot of effort into diversifying the kinds of beauty they show. <laughs> so everyone does tend to look pretty much the same. Okay. But but as far as love, romance, you know, compatibility, all that stuff, doesn't matter. Let's oh. just get married. Yep, yep. Uh, I'd known Don Niven all my life. He had told me once that he was in love with me, but I'd let him know that my heart was not for him. Don had never spoken of love again, but I knew he was not seriously involved with any other girl. Now, yeah, he... like you knew about your husband, your your, your supposed husband. <laughs> yeah, you you really know these guys and their love lives. Now, in spite of his and my parents' surprised protests, I insisted upon going through with my impulsive plan. Jeez, this is the Philadelphia story. Tell when me. did the Philadelphia story come out? Uh, I want to say after this, but not long after this. Huh. Uh, but I'm not sure. So you're saying that a Cary Grant movie ripped off uh, a 1953 issue of Love Experiences. Yeah, uh, but I'll double check that and see if I'm wrong, because it <laughs> might have been slightly before this. Uh you said I could depend upon you. Now you can't let me down, Don. Help me save my pride. I can't stay here and face people who know I've been jilted. And that's the only reason, because I couldn't care less about you as a person. Yeah, no, this is um, a bit short-sighted, I'd say. Maybe, just a little. On the other hand, big embarrassment at a social occasion versus rest of your life with someone you're incompatible with... Kind of a balance, you know, either or. And uh, her mother says, Silly, give yourself time to think. We'll simply say the wedding has been called off. If you think I'd turn down a chance like this, you're crazy. I've never gotten <laughs> over you, Silly. Sure, I'll marry you. And so now we've got the additional factor of him being like, Yeah, sure, I'll take advantage of you when you're uh, feeling vulnerable. Mm -hmm. In fact... Howard never married some floozy. I made that all up. He's, he's, he's tied up with a gag in his mouth back in the in the roadhouse. I decided not to do the, uh, you know, objection thing. <laughs> this is my strategy. I knew that by tomorrow the whole town would rock with gossip and speculation. And uh, in this panel there in front of the priest uh, doing the whole wedding thing. Today was to have been the most beautiful day of my life. And instead... It's a nightmare. I'm marrying Don Niven, but but it isn't really a marriage. So she's going to feel badly about her marriage for the rest of her life. Because divorce doesn't exist. Pre-code. Yeah. But when the ceremony was over, Don's kiss was so very real. Oh, no. <laughs> of course, that's what changes her mind. Uh, Don, d don't. Let me go. We're husband and wife now, Selly, remember? So I can rape you anytime I want. Uh, that is uh, how a lot of men seem to have thought about it historically, and it's mm -hmm. uh, really gross. Mm -hmm. This just seals the ceremony, and everyone expects it. <laughs> it seemed as though the wedding reception would never end. Yeah, that had to be a hell of a reception. <laughs> really? Just the, I, I thought you were marrying a Howard? <laughs> Um, I do have the invitation right in front of me. By the way, where's Howard's like parents and oh, yeah, family? Yeah. <laughs> I guess they maybe they all left early and were like, eh, just uh, <laughs> we don't need to talk about this. <laughs> uh, I was aware of the curious eyes, the buzz of gossip, the excited speculations, the hum of wild questions. I knew that all of us, my mother and father, Don and I, were carrying it off fine. Then it was over, and I changed my wedding dress for my traveling outfit. What do you mean, carrying it off? So, no one came up to you and said, um, you switched grooms at the last minute? Uh, any explanation there? Their upper lip was too stiff for it. <laughs> yeah. At last, Don and I were on the train to New York, where we would ch catch the Bermuda train, uh, plane. Don, you know why I married you. This isn't a real marriage. When the scandal dies down, we'll get an annulment. It's just like Janet Jackson. What about Janet Jackson? I think it was Janet Jackson. Uh, she married her manager, 
because she was uh, trying to get out from her, her father controlled her money and the only way she could get control of her money was if she was married so she huh. married her manager weird but they claimed it was just for that reason hmm. interesting I'm sure we'll have readers I mean listeners you know emailing us how I got that totally wrong but it's something along those lines I'm sure we will hear from Janet Jackson herself about it uh, she, yeah is she she is a known listener. Is she still alive? Yeah. I thought she died. No, I'm pretty sure she's still alive. <laughs> I, I've, I've just scandalized her and killed her in the last few minutes. She was the one with the Super Bowl scandal, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just saw an article about her the other day. She's... I did too, actually, now that you mention it. So, <laughs> there we go. Okay, so... Uh, <clears throat> just yeah. name dropping a little. <laughs> uh, scandal dies down, get an annulment. And what this will do to my life doesn't count, does it, Sally? He pulled me to him, and his lips came down on mine as they had right after the ceremony. Oh boy. Wait, are they in the train? Yes. They're in their train seats. He is forcing her to make out with him. Is there anyone else there? Not that we can see. It, like one of those those cabins? Um, yeah, we can't really see much of the room they're in. It's just like their chairs. Mm-hmm. And as far as we can tell, there's no one else there. Okay. Oh, Sally, why did it have to be Howard? Why could it, couldn't it it have been me from the beginning? Don, let me go! Wow. Uh, ah. mm. they, we've got like 11 different scandalous uh, behaviors taking place in this little story. Yeah? It's, it's well titled. Mm. Hmm. Maybe it uh, implies more that she has married scandal itself. Yeah. As opposed to being <laughs> a scandalous bride. I thought I could trust you. I I don't know why I fell in love with Howard, but I did. I know now that he didn't deserve my love, and and I hate him. But I still love him. I'll never love again. All I want to do is hurt Howard as he hurt me, and our marriage can never mean a thing. All right, Sally. It, it won't happen again. I'll see if the porter can find me a berth in another car. <laughs> Certainly mine was the strangest honeymoon anyone ever had. And now they're on a tropical island, hanging out on the beach. Uh, all right, let's pause again. Where is this heading? It seems obvious that that she's eventually going to realize that she does love Don. Is that her name? Don. Yes, Don. And oh, I guess I really loved you all along, or some ridiculous thing like that. Mm-hmm. Much more fun would be if. Howard shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> I realize what a terrible mistake I made. I got an element from Flip, and, and, and I'm here to marry you. And, and it's like, oh, thank goodness, finally, yay. <laughs> oh, I hope that's what happens. I hope that's what happens. Don, do you suppose Howard will have the nerve to bring that girl back to our town? That's never out of your mind, is it? I guess Howard will bring Flip back to town. He's got his business there. A marriage like theirs can't last. Oh my god, I'm getting right again already! <laughs> you mean you hope it won't last? You'd take Howard back if he could, if you could get him, Jeez, wouldn't I, you? Did I just write this thing psychically? Yeah, maybe, uh... Maybe just, like, the, this is a past life sort of thing or something. <laughs> I, I just... I, now I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I was just joking. Don't be ridiculous. I hate him. But my family has enough influence in town to make life very unpleasant for Howard and Mrs. Flip LaFloy Bradley. <laughs> I can't imagine any man doing what Howard did, Sigley, especially to you. And I can't understand a girl carrying a torch for a man she loved. Oh, and I can understand a, a girl carrying a torch for a man she loved. But after a while, the torch burns out, and there's a place for new love. Unless the girl would rather live with hate and bitterness. Wow, this guy's totally sensible. It's been a couple of days, though. Yeah. So, maybe give her some space? I hoped you'd get over, Howard, and I was willing to wait, thinking I might prove to you that love could still be mighty wonderful. You've been wonderful, Don, aside from all the forced kissing, I guess. (laughs) But you knew how I felt, and you promised not to do this. (laughs) What? What do you mean, this? (laughs) Um, the, the... Romance talking, I guess? The wooing? Oh. The post You promise not wooing? to express your feelings. <laughs> I'm through being a Boy Scout, Seely. 
how long did his uh, <laughs> his good nature last? That was a page. Yeah, yes. and and how much of a Boy Scout was he, really? And I have no intention of going back home and pretending to be your husband while you vent your hatred on the man who jilted you. So you're going to stay in Bermuda? I have a job lined up in New York. After I take you home, I'm leaving for New York. You can come with me as my wife, Seely. Or you can explain to the town why one man left you at the altar, and another left you right after the honeymoon. Oh, but it's the scandal. We can't do that. No, yeah, no, Yeah, that's no. some emotional blackmail we right there. We have to stay married. You aren't being fair. I, I went through enough to deserve a little consideration. I've gone through a lot too, beautiful. I've been married to the girl I've loved all my life, without any right to her. Right to her. Because Howard owns her in some way, maybe? Well, what do the lawyers say? <laughs> yes, the, the lawyers of the patriarchy. Yes. Very contentious issue. So he storms off and... Uh, in, in Bermuda. Yes, um, you know, leaving her at the beach. I was afraid to beg Don to change his mind. My heart and mind were so confused. Well, to change his mind to do what? To... Continue pretending to be your husband? Yeah. Back home? I guess. You have to pretend to be my husband for the rest of our lives. We no, have she to... said a scandal dies down, annulment. So... Oh, okay. So I guess it would be a few months later or something? Okay, when they get the annulment, won't that bring the scandal back? I don't know how high society scandal works. We need, like, to get a PR person well, we're, on the we're show. Well, we're not really qualified to comment. Uh... But after Don took me back home and left me, I felt completely lost. I couldn't be sure whether it was because I would now have to face the town and Howard alone, or because Don had begun to mean more to me than I'd realized. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, those couple of days where he's not treating you very well and is in fact putting a lot of pressure on you to engage in a lifelong romantic relationship with him mm-hmm. are definitely a way to a woman's heart. I had only been home a few hours when I heard all the gossip Howard was back in town with his new wife And their marriage seemed headed for the rocks And how exactly did she hear all this gossip? Uh, She sort of walk around town and like stick her ear out And overhear all the people mumbling Well, you know how uh, it used to be people who were hard of hearing Had that big trumpety thing they put through their ear? (laughs) That's possibly it, yes (laughs) Um, I bet it was the servants. It's always the servants who who do the gossiping. Um, And now she's sitting in the backyard of her family's estate that has enormous hedges and a fountain and a big old bench. And uh, And her life sucks. I know. Poor Celie. Celie. And she's thinking, I'm sure I'm not in love with Don, and yet I keep thinking about him instead of Howard. And meanwhile, there's a mysterious figure coming through the gate oh behind her. Oh my god, her. here he comes! Suddenly. Silly, I had to see you. Oh no. Howard, how dare you come here! Now, when I saw Howard again, I felt as though he were a stranger. Oh, Silly, if I hadn't been drunk, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> oh my god. Then, by the time I was sober, it was too late. You stayed drunk for the time it took to drive to Canada and get married? That's one hell of a drunk. Yeah, um, especially since they are far enough from Canada that they had to take a train to New York. Mm-hmm. Flip packed up and left as soon as she heard you were coming back. She knew I belonged to you. Don knows it, too. We can start over. Well, at least there's a mutual belonging obligation. <laughs> yes. Well, well, this partners. is the part that's that's complicated. I mean, there, there are the legal aspects of mm-hmm. it, who has a right to whom, and, and yeah, that yeah. is going to the lawyers need to untangle. But then there's the love emotional factor. Like she knows she's not in love with Don. Mm-hmm. She fell in love with Howard, even though she knew he wasn't whatever like and she hasn't actually broken that mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. howard was in love with her but he was temporarily in love with flip enough to marry her because he was drunk and we all know the in love 
state of existence is something you you, you can't really negotiate. It just mm-hmm. happens or it doesn't. Yeah, you can, in fact, literally be about to marry some guy the next day, and mm-hmm. then you turn a dangerous corner. Exactly. Have instant chemistry with someone, and everyone involved is just like, sorry, I guess I love this person now. That's another episode, people. <laughs> I believe that's episode two. Ah, very early on. Dangerous corner. Uh, <laughs> but but you can fall out of love and then fall in love with somebody else. Um, Except, no, I think it's usually you realize you were never actually in love with the yes, first person. Yes, but but the shorthand is I'm, I fell out of love, but I, I was really never in love. Yeah. Yes, um, with the slightly gray area of widows who okay. could have sincere love for their first husband, mm-hmm. but it's often implied that the new love with the guy they've just met, is better in some way. Mm-hmm. Or is at least a sign of growth that she is looking to get married again. Yeah, that's another option. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, so uh, Howard's all, oh, yes, we can start over. Flip knew I belonged to you. I've already forgotten that I loved you, Howard. Forgotten? Mm, that's a variation. She's lying. I'm just beginning to realize how lucky I am. If Flip loves you, you'd better find her and bring her back. Tell her not to be afraid. I'll see that that the town doesn't snub her. (laughs) She will lay out a proclamation. Marry your stripper. I mean, bring in your stripper wife to our posh community, and we'll make sure that she fits right in. Well, I mean, Sally's able to send out an ordinance saying Mm -hmm. snubbing is not allowed for Flip LaFloy. And, uh, yeah, people are just going to be like, well, I was planning to mock her endlessly and always snub her, but I guess I can't. Welcome to our society, madam. Uh, We we do have one request. Could you please change your stupid name? (laughs) I, I don't get it. It's very simple, Howard. I know now you weren't the right man for me, but I've got to pack. My husband is waiting for me in New York. Oh, my God. I wired Don I was flying to him, and that night, and uh, now they're apparently... Why why didn't she just text him? (laughs) And now they're in, presumably, a New York apartment, hugging, and she says, When I saw Howard, I knew I had gotten over him, and that you had taken possession of my heart without my knowing it. (laughs) And I'm calling the police. And, yeah, again, she is gone, presumably in a matter of days, from literally expecting to marry one man to, oh, well, yeah, I guess I'm happily in love with the guy that I forced to marry me so I could get out of a scandalous situation. I want him to say, wait a minute, you rejected me over and over again and treated me like dirt, and I did what you needed me to do and saved your stupid social standing... Now you think you can just come back to me and walk back in? I'm sorry, I've already met a woman here in New York, someone who's actually nice. But he has also been a complete jerk. That's true also. Yeah, he was very blatant about, like, he was taking advantage of a situation where she was vulnerable Mm. to marry her and put her into a romantic-oriented relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Repeatedly forced her to kiss him. Yep. And then tried to guilt trip her uh, about his feelings for something he willingly did. Mm. And also uh, tried to emotionally blackmail her saying, there's just going to be an embarrassing scandal when you go back home and I'm not with you. So so Don's a jerk. We basically don't like anyone in this story. Um, yes. Kind of like Flip. Yeah, Flip was getting a bad reputation, but I'd like to I'd like to see her story. Well, yeah, like why did why was she in that position in the first place? Like what was her situation that led her to be a dancer at a at a mm-hmm. roadhouse? Yeah, and like did she love Howard? Did was she telling herself she loved Howard? Was this entirely a opportunity for her to advance herself class wise? Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to the main character. I thought it was over. No, no. Oh, there's more! Just a little bit. Um, so yes, you've taken possession of my heart without my knowing it. Darling, it's so wonderful to have you with me, to love forever. I had a feeling... Well, wait a minute, I, I didn't say forever. Let's just give it a week or two. 
I'm willing to try you out. <laughs> let's uh, let, let's call it a trial marriage. <laughs> I had a feeling it might end like this, and that's why I was willing to be the substitute groom. Well, this then is... why did you act like such a jerk if you had a feeling? This is just the beginning of everything wonderful. The best man turned out to be the best man. Ooh, and the right man. What a line. And, uh, ends with them kissing, and presumably they will be happy forever in every conceivable way. Yes. Uh, happily ever after. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm. Do you know, um... How German, uh, it, they originally end the stories when they're in German for no. fairy tales. It translates to, and if they have not died, they are still living today. How do you say that in German? Oh, I'm sure there's a specific phrase that I've completely forgotten. Oh, I uh, thought you knew it. <laughs> I, I've read it a number of times. I do not remember it. <sighs> anyway. Mm-hmm. What do we think of this story? I'm... Uh... I like to think, again, from the point of view of these poor writers who have to come up with a story over and over again, and each one has to be different than the other. Yeah, um, in this era, at least they were allowed to be like, okay, here's something that would actually be scandalous in our society. Yeah, this is pretty dramatic in that Mm -hmm. sense. Uh, And yeah, well, obviously there is this so-called happy ending but it, it's the, the people get scarred along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, it would be really interesting to hear Flip's account. But and then go back and think, Howard. Mm-hmm. Now this guy howdy, is howdy, howdy. This guy is a total jerk because he's been cheating and fooling around yep. behind his fiance's back mm-hmm. for who knows how long. And he's also clearly an alcoholic, but that was par for the course at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fashionable, even. Yeah, it was sort of a requirement. But nevertheless, to get that drunk and then (laughs) go off and marry this woman, I'm not sure how different... I mean, legally and and institutionally, it's different that he married her than that he just had a fling with her, but... A fling with flip? A a flip fling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... He, either way, he's just a total scumbag. Yes. Now, did he really come to his senses? I mean, first of all, it's because his wife, now Flip, left him. Mm -hmm. So again, we think she's probably got the most sense of anybody in this thing. (laughs) Um, And maybe had she not done that, he wouldn't have come back to her. Or maybe he would have dumped Flip, which would have made him even worse than he already was. Yeah, I mean, it's implied that there are many consequences for him doing this. Like, it's not just he embarrassed his fiancée. Her family is very influential. Mm. And he has run off and married one of the dregs of society or something. Mm. Um and he has a business that is in that town that of right, the fiance. Right. I wonder what the business is. Yeah. And, and of course, we, we never heard anything about his family, and they, they seem not to, to matter. <laughs> um, but again, he could have, I don't know, gone after his wife when she when she left. Yeah. On, on the other hand, a fling is not the same thing as you know your fiance that you've presumably been looking forward to marry. So it's doubtful that he was truly in love with Flip, and whether she was in love with him, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he's a total jerk. Yes. And so that raises the question of Selly: How dumb is she? <laughs> because she was gonna marry him. Mm-hmm. It's not like he became a jerk on their wedding day, and and before that he was this wonderful guy. Yeah, we don't know really anything about Selly. Um, she's a archetype of the yeah. desirable society girl. But um, p- pampered princess yeah, who, who, who somehow still has a need to be uh, loved and, and coddled. Well, no, it, I th- would say it's more, you know, she's like female aristocracy. Mm. She exists... So that she can marry into another family and establish a social connection. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because the social event of their wedding was the only thing that mattered. Uh, and you wonder also, how do Howard and Dawn like, work out after this? Best friends? <laughs> mm. I don't know. Yeah, we have certainly seen the uh, scenario of 
my best friend is marrying the person I'm in love with and I am crushed with inner turmoil because of it. Oh yeah, that's a common one. Yeah, I'm, specifically I'm thinking of the one with um, the, the mean-spirited friend who's marrying right. <laughs> the guy just to, to spite the, the protagonist and runs away cowardly during the mudslide. <laughs> yes, that was a great one. I forget the title of that. Uh, no, that was like the day of my wedding or something like that. It was, uh, mm. it, was it had it had the wedding in the title. Possibly, yeah. yeah. But anyway, the, the bottom line to me is there is no one likable in this story. Uh, I don't feel any kind of happy resolution that, mm-hmm. that they got together at the end. Uh, you're supposed to feel that. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, no, nobody really deserves a happy ending here. Now, um, taking this in a slightly different direction, I recall you in college took a course on the history of romantic love within literature. Um, Yes and no. It was chivalric romance. The ah, title okay. forms of chivalric romance, okay. uh, which yeah included, for example, Tristan and Isolde, mm-hmm. where they fell in love because there was some some potion that they that they drank and it yeah. forced them to fall in love with each other. Uh, and yet, it's still happy ending because they get to be together at the end. Yeah, that the love the potion never fades. Right. Uh, so it's it doesn't. I, I mean, it kind of doesn't matter where it starts. In this case, it's a potion. Uh, you know. Yeah, uh, the same sort of thing happens in a Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, Demetrius is still under the sway of the uh, the love flower arrow thing by the end, mm-hmm. and uh, is presumably happy to head off with Helena. Because uh, that's convenient for everyone else. But the thing that I learned, uh, maybe I've talked about it in a previous podcast, was you know chivalric romance is is specifically from that era of the mm-hmm. chevaliers, the the knights on horseback, the iconic image of the the knight riding off to battle and and the woman giving him a flower or whatever it is that means that. She belongs to him if he ever manages to come back alive. But often also not with the expectation like that they're going to get married or anything. Um, well, like, I, I thought that a lot of chivalric romance was a sort of worship of this woman from afar thing. Yeah, but I think the, the conclusion was always like happily ever after or mm-hmm. expected to be. Except more often than not the guy dies, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Okay. But the thing that was told to us was that that form of literature took shape and really almost began in that era. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, you had romances way back with the Greek and Roman theater. Yeah. Uh, but the the romance novel, if you want to call it that, uh, <laughs> sort of started with that. And, and another example that we read in the, in the, the class was Don Quixote, mm-hmm. uh, where he goes out and he does all these crazy things and thinking he's a, a knight for... The woman he loves, uh, who doesn't know he exists. Um, (laughs) But the point is that it created this notion of romantic love. It is a thing. It is almost this biological process. And in the case of Tristan and Isolde, it's it's a chemical drug. (laughs) It doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Um, That once you are in love, it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. And and all these nuances of oh can you fall out of love and and can you change your love from one person to another and thing those are kind of later developments that are built off of that that archetype yeah and culturally for centuries at least we we've had increasing notions of this idea that romantic love is uh, important above all else um, right particularly in deciding like marriages <clears throat> and stuff like that where as a culture. We love stories where it's two people who have many logical reasons not to get married, but they desperately fall in love anyway and defy all the odds and expectations and happily ever after at the end. So, connecting it back to the story we just read, I wonder if the the viewpoint that Celie is going through is this perspective of trying to reconcile the social obligations of her need to marry and to marry well with her idealism of I should be in love and my wedding and marriage should be the ultimate expression of that love. Well, I I noticed from the beginning when she says, 
how lucky she feels she is because the man she's marrying is the most handsome and sought after man in in town. Yeah, and so the definition of being in love or the motivation is is he handsome? Is he rich and eligible and and all these characteristics mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with kind of personal feelings and compatibility and all. Right. Yeah, um and you know, obviously that's been a huge component of sexism for a long time. The this idea that the most important thing that can happen in a woman's life is to get married and thus have children and yeah. perform her part in society, etc. But it's something that's still very much ingrained in a lot of uh, American culture. The thought that, okay, yes, women now are encouraged to like pursue careers and have passions and personalities and all that good stuff, but a lot of women still feel like there is an obligation to get married at some point. That is how you prove that you have succeeded as a woman. But I think it's it's not totally different for men. And even the celebrated bachelor mm-hmm. archetype, in most uh, pop culture, that character ultimately caves in and mm-hmm. does want marriage and gets married, even though he proclaims he wants to remain a bachelor and a ladies' man, and, and play the field. I, I do think it's sort of mutual in that sense. The difference is the woman is always, or has traditionally always been portrayed as the one who doesn't have much say in all of this. Except I did see a movie recently that was all about women and how they trap men. Well, that's another aspect of it. Yeah. Because they're, even to this day, there's still the quote-unquote jokes of... The old ball and chain, the yeah, yeah. the the woman who, you know, tries to trick a man into marriage or trap him in some way. Sometimes in previous generations, it was like accusing women of deliberately getting pregnant so that oh, the yeah. man felt obligated to marry her. Oh yeah. And then there's the whole string of comedy about the shrewish wife, the mm-hmm. the henpecker. Oh yeah, and uh, by contrast, the the husband, the henpeck, the one who has been beaten down to the point where he just uh, does whatever he's told and yeah. and and acts like an idiot and, and the the wife is always the one who knows what's best mm-hmm. you know, like mama bear uh, <laughs> okay my dad has a long standing grudge <laughs> against the Bernstein bears books because of the depiction of papa bear because every single story if you've ever read the Bernstein bears to your kids or for your own amusement. Uh, <laughs> every single story, Papa Bear has some stupid idea. And I love the one where he's racist. He's racist in one. and, and Racist he, against he, pandas. And, and he, oh, the one where he uh, gets all mad at his kids for not doing their homework, and then the, the tax guy shows up and says, <laughs> you haven't done your taxes. Uh, or, or he insists on going on a vacation to some, some horrible run-down cabin, and it's his fault. And, and every single time, Mama Bear is just sort of quiet and, and calm and just says, dear, I think we should do it this way. And he's, no, we got to do it this way. This is the right way to do it. And then he's wrong, and she turns out to be right. And yeah, I told you so. With the notable exception of the messy room story. That's right, where she freaks out because the kids messed up their room, and mm-hmm. she's going to throw everything away, all their toys and everything. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, can we just clean the room instead? <laughs> yeah, and he goes to his little wood shop and makes a special bunch of bins and a corkboard and stuff that they can yeah. put their toys in. That's, it's frightening that, that we are actual connoisseurs of the Berenstain Bears This is a conversation story. we've had multiple times. Yes, but you're enjoying it with us for, for a change. <laughs> but we should let people go because we've been at this for over an hour. We don't usually do an hour-long show. <laughs> hope people have just been listening with rapt attention. Uh, so in conclusion, sexism is bad. Um... Gender roles are stupid. And if you're going to get married, probably shouldn't go to a roadhouse the night before. Just, you know, hang out at home and watch baseball. <laughs> Actually, it was basketball in my case. Oh, yeah? Was that kind of a bachelor party? Yeah. Like four guys came over and we watched a basketball game. Was there still a giant cake? No cake. No, Nobody jumped out of it. No, I don't think we drank alcohol. Maybe, oh. maybe we did. 
uh, no, uh, you know, third tier um, NBA player jumped out of the cake, <laughs> threw a basketball at you. No, no, didn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>